everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Fear Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're episode 304. Yeah. 304. This is our episode <laughs> and we are getting close to... <laughs> who, who else's episode is this? You know, it's... it's when, well, when I, the people's episode. That's when I, when I, it's the people's When I episode. say our episode, it's, it's like a royal hour. Like I'm saying like our as in like our community. It's our episode. Okay. We are doing this together. Hey, there you go. And, and we are talking today about... Q4. And this is like one of my least favorite things. I know. I, I'm, like, I'm glad oh, you're real we, about like, it. Like we're we're still like this is summertime. I know. You know we're getting into like Q4 discussions already. However, Q4. I mean, it is a significant part of most people's income year. You know, the income for the year. So, all right, we'll talk about it. I think it's going to be an interesting Q4. So, uh, yeah. So the reason I thought it would be a good time to talk about this is that. I think Q4 is going to be moving up more and I'll talk, we'll talk about this on our next uh, episode where we talk about our thoughts on the upcoming Q4. I think it will be different, but now is the time because before you know it, Q4 will be here and you're going to be like, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. I wish I did this. And our hope is that if we drop this sooner, I think, cause I think we'll be probably the first podcast, YouTube, whatever, that's going to talk about prepping for Q4. I got an idea. So we're talking about prepping for Q4. Yeah. Prepping. We're going to be preppers for the Q4. I almost feel like we need to be like, you know, those like uh, the the doomsday stuff. Like it's yeah. like the end of the world's coming. We got to prep. That's how we need to be with Q4. Like Q4 is coming. It's going to come one way or another. We got to prep. We got to make sure we got our stuff organized. We got our, st- like we could be like that. That could be like a shtick. Like we're like the crazy Q4 preppers. Like you got to have your buckets with your shipping supplies ready. You kind of have, have a rock thing going there a little bit. Like this is the rock. You got to get your is coming. <laughs> okay. so, all right. So let's get started. So here's the thing. Here's some things you can do to prep for Q4 now, which is important. Is first of all, it's a time to learn right now. Mm, I love learning. Well, when things are kind of quiet, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's August and you know slow down is starting to ease up hopefully yeah a little bit but you still got kind of a lull a little bit you know depending where you're at you know i again i've always said i haven't had a summer slowdown but you can choose to slow down if you want and right now i think it's uh, retail wise it is a slowdown right before you know the huge sales start coming in and here's the thing we have a lot of resellers that listen to us that don't sell on ebay Believe it or not, like their Poshmark or their Mercari, uh, some 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 of our listeners just do uh, local deals. That's all they yep. do. They sell on OfferUp, and then some, you know, sell on eBay primarily, but they never touched Amazon. And I believe, like right now, is a great time to figure these platforms out. Right? You know, it's interesting because a lot of people that come over from Poshmark to eBay never go back to Poshmark. Like they'll still dabble a little bit in Poshmark, but they'll they'll come over and they're like, huh, a lot more people buy stuff on eBay. And it's true because they have at least Again, triple. It, it depends on what you're selling. It depends on what you're selling. Poshmark but, still might be the, the way to go on items you're selling. If you were to tell me to place a bet, though, on 
Poshmark or eBay, I'd put everything in on eBay every single time. Yeah, but if you're if you're selling if you're selling uh, middle of the road or designer in women's clothing, I think you're going to do better on Poshmark. If you're selling stuff that's targeted to twenty year old girls, you're going to do better on Poshmark than you want on eBay. I don't know. I still disagree. Yeah, you could you can be wrong. That's okay. You know, I still got my. It's like it's like me and Mike days eBay coming t- back. I got my eBay tattoo on me, so That's I, right. it's kind of hard. For Speaking me of which, uh, on our Discord, uh, we we have a picture. It, it's been confirmed. eBay tat on Orlando is <laughs> is confirmed on on our Discord. So, <laughs> anyways, but I I strongly encourage you because a lot of people that jump over find eBay you know difficult, and you know everybody has their own comfort level. But yeah, eBay is a little different. It's not standardized shipping as it is on Poshmark or Mercari. You kind of have to figure out how to do calculated shipping. Uh, you know, you got to understand the difference between first class and priority and ground and all those things. And then on top of that, the listing, there's a lot more. You got to do item specifics. Uh, there's a lot more, you know, customer engagement. There's, you know, returns is a, is a big part of the business on eBay. And, and I know still people all the time we're like, you know, I love it on Instagram when I talk about returns and people are like, this is why I never do returns. And I'm like, hey, I understand that. But as a full time seller who has to make a full time income to be able to live in California, I have to do returns. Like if I was doing part time, like side hustle, I could go with no returns. Right. But I just can't. I just can't. And so now is the time. If you want to prep for Q4, figure out how to do eBay now. Figure out how to do Amazon. I mean, Amazon, the learning curve is way different than the others. It, it's doable, but, you, you know, you're dealing with gating. You're dealing with um, the fact that, you know, there is no Amazon customer service like there is on eBay, at least for sellers. It's very hard to get a hold of people. There is more of a race to the bottom. Uh, there is. It's not like listen and forget it. Or on eBay, you can just list something and just let it go. Right. Yeah. Which is which is why we're saying this is the time to learn, right? So if you Correct. if you if you don't know how to do these things, figure it out now and just dabble in it. Watch some YouTube videos specifically on how to how to do certain things on Amazon or eBay, and then try a couple trial runs. Get signed up. Figure out what it takes. Do that now um, because you've got the time now. You're not going to have the time to be effective in Q4. In Q4, it's too late, uh, and that kind of goes along with the next one, which is like learning learning a niche to it. Learning what you can sell that's going to be profitable in Q4. So one of the things that's beneficial is doing research on what items or types of items trend during that time or paying attention to, if you really want to be cutting edge, what could be trending this year. So what are, what's happening in social media? What's happening in what, what movies is Netflix planning on, on releasing in the next several months? Things like that are going to make an impact on, uh, you know, is it is it a certain Disney movie item? Is it a certain... You can do that research now and figure that stuff out now. You're not going to be able to do as much when you're when you're trying to just find like the hot bolo. It's kind of already too late when half of the resellers have already found that bolo because that's when you're dealing with the race to the bottom and all of that stuff. So you want to figure out, and maybe it's not the hot bolo like a toy, but just what types of items sell it. How can you do that? Well, go to Terapeak if you're on eBay and figure out you know, try some things. What What are some things that I buy in the wintertime? What are some things people buy as we're getting closer to Christmas? And look up those items or those categories and figure out, okay, what items in this category sell the most? 
And if you see that that trends always spikes during the Q4, all right, I need to be sourcing these items. I need to be finding these items. I need to be adjusting my prices in my store because that can happen too. You can have items in your store and not realize that the price starts to spike. Oh man, I've had a bunch of sales as I'm moving into Q4. You might've undersold because you didn't do mm -hmm. the research to realize, hey, this category actually like almost doubles during this season. So spend the time to do the research now. And I'm a big believer that as you spend every moment of time that you spend doing research and learning is going to pay dividends for a lifetime. Now, there are going to be times where you, you, you can spend a whole afternoon researching a couple categories and it come out like bunk. Like, well, I didn't find anything, but you still learned, well, I probably shouldn't be buying these 12 things that I spent a bunch of time researching because they don't do well. So it's still knowledge. It's still beneficial. And eventually you're going to find the things that do sell well, but use the time that you have now to do that because you're not going to be able to to learn. Maybe you get lucky and you find the bolo nobody knows about. But uh, if you do it now and you're prepared, you're going to be far better off. No, agreed. And the other thing I want to add to that is everybody is looking at the same items for Q4, right? And if you can learn a niche that sells well and understand how to source that now, you're going to be far better off. Right. And I know I'm speaking vague, but for example, right, like right now, video games, video games do really well in Q4, but locally, that's one of the hardest things to source. Like everybody has safe searches on OfferUp and whatever, you know, Facebook marketplace for video games, right? Everybody has a Nintendo. I mean, maybe now more people do because I said it, but people have it right. And they're trying to find, you know, those items and, and they're going to try to, you know, flip it. And there's so much competition. Right. Try to find something different. So, for example, I, I myself, there's certain Christmas items that aren't like the Department 56, aren't the, you know, the normal run of the mill things that people source for that I've gained knowledge on over the years. And those I have in my safe searches and I will source those things. I know they will do well in Q4. But that took me learning a niche during the off times and know that, hey, not a lot of people are looking at this. Not a lot of people know that. These actually sell well on eBay. And now when it comes to Q4, I'm going to have these items stocked up. And I know that they're going to sell real well in Q4. All right. Now, this this last one, I, I strongly encourage you to do this. Learn to ship all kinds of different items, even larger items, because here's the deal. It's going to be Q4. And if you, you might end up in a situation where you're like dabbling and you're like, I don't know if I want to do retail arbitrage. But there might be a, a item that's pretty big that you've never shipped out that size of item. But if you're you figured out how to ship out that item earlier on or something similar, you'll be able to gain that unfair advantage over others. I, you know, for example, I have found that in Q4, my biggest sales have been always items that people are unwilling to ship, right? Or or even on eBay, right? Some of the biggest sales I have are usually items that people are like, ah. That's too large. That's too heavy. I don't want to ship that out. Uh, and so learn how to ship that or learn, you know, how to, let's say you're, you're a clothing seller and you've never, uh, shipped out electronics, but maybe, you know, there might be some electronic. That's, that's the good thing that everybody's going to want to buy. Learn how to ship that item. And as you learn how to ship more things, you're going to feel more comfortable. And instead of passing up things on Q4 that you could sell for good money, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I ship something like that. It's no big deal. You want shipping to just be muscle memory. Like it doesn't stress you out. It doesn't concern you. It doesn't worry you. And you want that. You want your Q4 to go in that direction. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think especially when it comes to like how to ship, 
you got to practice. You got to learn that stuff. And one of the places I've actually got a lot of really good, uh, uh, really good shipping like tips and tricks from. Here's my uh, shameless plug segue. Here is our Discord. Man, on our Discord, I uh, I would say, I mean, it's not like every single day we're getting the the craziest earth shattering tips, but enough tips have come in that I'm like, man, that's a really good idea as far as like how to how to set up your packing station with with a with a ruler or a yardstick kind of built into the table or to to do your tape this way or to do like those types of things have been so beneficial. And so for those of you who don't know, we have a Patreon. Uh, so if you would like to support Pure Hustle Podcast and you want to say thank you for the content that we've been putting out for the last 304 episodes, plus Monday minis, plus garage sale videos, plus all the other things we've done, um, the Patreon is a way to say thank you, $5.55 a month. And that Patreon unlocks access to the greatest reselling community <laughs> discord ever. And uh, I mean, I hope it's that. I feel like it's that because we've got great people in our community. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of people in there who are, you know, they're helping each other. They're asking questions. I've learned a ton. I know Arlando's learned a ton of things. And it's kind of just a cool place to hang out with other like-minded people and talk about the reselling world. It's not a cook group. We're not promising if you join that we're going to tell you the Q4 bolo that you need to pick up. But every single day people are, hey, look at this thing I picked up at a thrift store and it sells for X amount. I'm like, man, I had no idea. I'm going to be... So we're learning bolos as we go. We have bolos, we have hustles, uh, but it's it's more of a community. So if you want to be a part of that community, maybe learn some shipping tricks and uh, or some new niches that you didn't know about. Uh, consider supporting Parasol Podcast and joining our Patreon. Gives you access to our Discord. We'd really appreciate it. Agreed, agreed. All right, now now I've gone from learning. It's time to organize, and we kind of I think we did like a mini sode on this. Organize and organizing. I, I can't tell you. I, I still. The, the, one of the things I dread on reselling is when something sells and I look and I have no custom SKU label on it. Yeah, that's, that is it awful. Hap- it happened to me yesterday mm. and I spent 30 minutes looking for a pair of sandals and luckily I found it. Yeah. Same thing with me with sandals, but it wasn't that we didn't have a custom SKU. It's something weird happened. Let us know in the comments below if this happened to you. I know for a fact with our shoes, my wife and I spent like a whole afternoon going through all of our shoes. We got them put in the right totes, the right labels in bags, and we labeled every single pair of shoes that we had on eBay with a custom SKU. And we've sold in the last few weeks like two or three that have no custom SKU number. And like I know for a fact we like we spent all day putting custom SKU numbers in. So something happened with those. So that can still happen, but at least we were organized enough to know, okay, like where are our shoe totes? Uh, and we were able to kind of figure out like, okay, well, we have four shoe totes, so we've got to go through those. We know where those are. So at least having organization in some way. You're not just like, well, shoes can be in any random tote in this yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. So being organized, even when a eBay's organization system fails you or whatever happens, having some kind of system organized is going to be really, really beneficial. So one of the things we talk about is inventory, but even having like your shipping stuff figured out, organized. And I feel like there's two types of people. There's people who hate organizing anything and they, they, they would, that's the thing they want to procrastinate is mm-hmm, organizing. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who are like that. And I think you waste a lot of time with that. The other end of the spectrum uh, is people who would rather not list or maybe source or do it. There's other things that they don't want to do. And so they can almost kill time by organizing. I'm just going to organize my space. And they've like reorganized and organized and organized, but they're not actually like selling things and listing things. Like, let me just get organized first. Ideally, you want to be in the middle, right? You want to be organized, but still listing and... 
Uh, so you got to be careful with that. I would, I would say it's probably better to at least be somewhat organized. So get that shipping stuff figured out, get your items figured out and even practice. If you're, I know a few Q4s ago, there was an item I was doing retail arbitrage with, and it was a kind of a funky shaped item. And I was able to pick up like 30 or 40 of them somewhere in that range. And I had to figure out, it took me a little while to figure out the right box and the right box combination and how to cut that box. And once I figured it out, I was like, well, I know these are going to sell. So I'm going to buy a bunch of these boxes and they still need to be cut. So I'm just going to spend some time cutting all these boxes to the right size, fold them up, putting them in the corner. So when one sells, I just pull it out and it's good to go. So you can do those things now. I mean, maybe not to that extreme with every item, but if you know, hey, I'm going to be selling this item and they're going to be moving like hotcakes on eBay, I should probably figure out how to, how to, do I have the boxes at least available? So when it starts, they're ready to go. And I know this sounds like this is just, stuff you should do anyways as a reseller, but you especially want to do this in Q4. The reason I don't stress, I could, I could probably package up 25 to 30. It depends on the item, but 25 to 30 items within 30 to 40 minutes, right? If there's shoes, if there's shirts, hats, like I could move quick, right? It all depends on how fast eBay servers work. When I go to go back to your order, sometimes they take a little bit, uh, but you know, I can ship out pretty fast, but that's because all my shipping supplies, I know where they are. I, it's always, you know, full. I never have to go like, Oh man, I don't have any more of these boxes. Where's the tape? Everything is organized. And then when things sell, I've mentioned this before, I know exactly where it is. So and now that everything's on my property before, when I had a storage unit, it did take a little bit more time. Cause I'd have to wait and go to the storage unit. But here's the thing that 30 minutes the other day that I lost if it was Q4 and let's say I was doing some kind of retail arbitrage or something, it could have cost me hundreds of dollars. So you want to make sure it's organized. Now, bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is huge because when you have a lot of sales kicking in and you're spending a lot of money in Q4, uh, you want to have it streamlined. And for example, I had mentioned on a previous podcast how lost I was on QuickBooks. Like I'm going to have to get that resolved before Q4, right? Because there you got to think about your bookkeeping is going to make you money because it keeps money away from the government. (laughs) So what I mean by that is, you know, when it comes around tax time, the more legitimate deductions you're able to put in play, the more money you keep in your pocket. And if you're doing terrible bookkeeping, you're losing tons of deductions on cost of goods sold, on mileage, on expenses, you know, things you might not even think about. And so if you got your bookkeeping in order, you're going to protect your bottom line during Q4. Yeah. And then the amount of time you're going to spend, because there's the money aspect, but then there's the time aspect. One, you have mm-hmm. everything figured out because there's those who hate tax time. I mean, I don't think anybody loves tax time, but <laughs> but you can like dread it to the point. I remember like when I was a student, I was a really bad student in like junior high and part of high school. Never did my homework. It was like always like the day of homework was due. I'm trying to rush and fill it out. And there's like that anxiety because yeah. I don't have it. But then like the one time I'm like, I'm going to get my homework done early. You just feel good. And it's the same way. Like if you're like going into tax that time really happened, and yeah. you've got like all of your work, all of your tax paperwork, all figured out, it's all organized. Here's my receipts. Here are my numbers. It's like easy peasy. It's still not an enjoyable experience, but it, it takes a fraction of the time. Plus if there is an audit, you're not concerned. You're like, I've got all my paperwork, got all my receipts. I've got all my evidence. It's all organized. And you're not like, well, this is going to take me weeks of and hours and hours every day of trying to find the receipts and trying to find the this. So you're not only saving time and money now, but potentially saving a bunch of time and money in the future. And I mean, I guess I'll open that up for comments. I mean, 
the comments are always open. You could write whatever you want in the comments and the, the YouTube. But if, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments below. Have you dealt with, um, you know, nightmares when it comes to taxes, specifically maybe like not being organized or have you had to deal with an audit and not having all of your stuff in order versus have you had all of your stuff in order, maybe with an audit or doing your taxes? And what was that experience like? Let us know just to kind of, we could see how important is that organization. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, this last one is organizing your schedule. And what I mean by this is you want to have things set in place and, to, uh, and on two, uh, two ends here. First of all, you want to make sure that you know, understanding that it's Q4, that you kind of set aside time now, like you realize, hey, once October hits, I'm going to spend this much time sourcing. I'm going to spend this much time listing because the more you list, the more you'll be able to sell. And if you don't have that time organized, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't plan out your day, it's the same issue. If you don't plan out your months, uh, you're going to be missing out on on a lot of money. Uh, along with that, and I've I've mentioned this before, and sometimes we say it too late. I am a big fan of taking time off of your regular job if you're working a nine to five, and and focusing on Q4. And the reason being is during those peak times in Q4, you could make more money in those two days than you could make in a week or two weeks or a month in your normal job if you play it right. Now that could apply both on eBay and Amazon. It could apply on eBay. If you, you know, you say, hey, you know, that week before Thanksgiving, I'm going to take a couple of days off and I'm just going to list like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to make sure I get a bunch of listings up so that when the holiday season really kicks in or after Black Friday, I'm going to have a bunch of items to sell. Or you could say, hey, I'm going to sell on Amazon. I'm going to try to spend two or three days and I'm going to source and source and source. I don't know what those things are going to be yet, but I want to make sure that time is allotted so I can source those items, send them into FBA and make that money. Because I can tell you when I was doing this part-time, there was a, there, the last two years I was, I was part-time, I did take off two or three days and it was completely worth it. I made more in those two or three days than I would make in probably, I would say three months of the year. And it was completely worth it to me. So you got to figure out your workplace, but Hey, you know, it's it's really bad. It looks really bad if you ask for time off, you know, the week before. But if you do it months ahead, it might be worth it to you. Yep. That's good stuff. So all right, hey, before we move forward, you know, we talk about organizing and one of the ways you can get organized is with your supplies. And one of those is your bubble wrap. One of the best companies out there is AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Free two-day, next day, even local pickup uh shipping. Good stuff. Best deal out there. You can use our link below, get those items ordered. I know this year I'm going to make sure I have plenty of rules, uh, so I'm not trying to get a ship. But even in an emergency, they are the fastest option at the lowest price. So check out AmericanBowlBoy.com. And if you have not checked us out on uh, social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We are Pure Soul Cast on Twitter. You can always leave us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And you can always, uh, if you want, shoot us uh, an email at Pure Soul. Did I already say the email? Uh, I don't know. Pure Soul Podcast at gmail.com. I, 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 I tune this part out every Pure episode. Pure Soul Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to our podcast and you have not checked out our mugs yet over on YouTube, jump on over to YouTube. Uh, and you know, at least hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 10k. We're almost there, so would greatly appreciate that. And as always, uh, smash that like button and that bell notification because we also have those mini sods you might be missing out on every Monday. And last of all, 
always appreciate all of you that take the time to write some iTunes reviews. Uh, last time we might, we have our, uh, what do we call that? The stinger or that before our podcast. Yeah, we're we're begging for, uh, for those five star reviews. Get us and, in five star <laughs> reviews. If you like this episode, you can drop a five star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And so a lot of you just, yeah, you guys lit up these, uh, these reviews yeah, really helps like, us. So just want to share the word out there. Two of them real quick. Cause I think they're pretty funny. Uh, this one, uh, this one's not funny, but it, you know, again, it talks about the fact that our podcast reaches both new and, uh, veteran reseller experienced resellers. Seeing old resellers just doesn't sound right. Yeah. That's, uh, you, you, all you old. Am resellers. I ageist? If I say old, I mean, old. I mean, you've been reselling for a while. All right. So this comes from Madra J said, uh, where have I been? I just discovered this podcast. I've been on eBay reseller since 1999. I've learned so much from these two. 1999. Like I, thank you. It means a lot when we get these. Uh, Mike and Orlando are so easy to listen to. Their tips and my favorite is their real raw chat. So addictive. Great job, guys. Nice. Thank you. Now this one I, I so good. This one I thought was kind of funny because I, I didn't I didn't catch this. And so uh they had mentioned let me let me get to it here. I just had oh here it goes. We should really be more you know, somebody don't leave the review that like their their podcast is great, but they're never prepared when it comes to No, I reviews. was prepared. I just I swiped the wrong way on my iPhone and we I should, lost it. We'll, we'll we'll work on maybe printing <laughs> yeah. them out sometime. So this is from uh Shaquille O'Deal. What a name said reliable and relatable and said, love the podcast. Fun and informative. Orlando's use of the word now in his transitions is a giveaway. He's a teacher. Mm, that works. Is that true? Yeah, it could. It could okay. be. <laughs> I know I say I'll write a lot. That, that's one. Yeah, I get. And I say, yeah, a lot. I guess that's okay. my, we all, we all have our things. Look, we're, we're all humans. We're all imperfect. Uh, Orlando says buttons. <laughs> we, we don't know why we've tried to figure that out, but it is what it is. And you know, it makes us what we are. And so Shaquille O'Deal on Instagram said, uh, thanks for keeping it real. So appreciate that. Thank you to all of you. If you haven't yet, jump on over to iTunes and hit those Apple iTunes reviews. All right. It's time for the segment everybody's waiting for. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. Our first hustle comes from Wayne, IG handle at Kway Shop. We love Kway Shop. So. Thanks, Wayne, for another amazing hustle. You had a huge buyout of golf clothing at an average cost of $8.98 per item. Uh, did not find any sold comp, so decided to list a pair of the pants high with best offer. Great strategy. And within a month, sold a pair of Lily Pulitzer Palm Beach Men's Paisley Chico pants for $449.99 plus. So if I'm buying some for $8, I'm like, I'm going to list this high. I don't know if like my high would immediately go to like <laughs> almost $500, but you obviously did the research even with no comps, man, what a, what a deal. And, and, and you're saying here, you had a huge buyout of golf clothing, which means this is just the start. True. True. Uh, on his Instagram story, there's plenty to be bought. And so he had networked and established a relationship, so he's going to be buying more. So, again, I always mention there's a lot of resellers out there that do not get the recognition they deserve, and I think Wayne is one of them. So, if you have not yet gone over to Instagram and follow K Way Shop. All right, so this next one comes from uh, Shanda, IG handle Secondhand Hustle, and so her name she had told me it's it's like Panda, but it's Shanda. So did I say that right? Mm, I think so. Or do some people say Panda? <laughs> 
I don't think anybody says ponder. Okay. All right. All right so this comes from Shanda. I saw, I saw an elegant ponder today. <laughs> so uh, she went to an estate and picked up three pageant dresses for little kids for $5 a piece at an estate sale. This is something I never would have looked at. I would have been like, well, what is that? You know, like kids clothing. I usually run from kids clothing when I see them at garage sales or anywhere. Uh, but she did not. And so she picked them up and she sold two of them already. Number $5 a piece. These were Mary Louise party dresses, like those big, like fluffy circular kind mm-hmm. of pageant dresses and uh, sold each of them for $200 a piece for total sales of $400. Dang. That was nice. That's real nice. I totally would not have picked that up. So yeah, check which, out. which makes sense. I mean, I've never actually watched a single episode of those like pageant videos with the kids, those TV shows. But of course, I've seen that they exist. I've seen the commercials and people making fun of them, memes and stuff. But it seems like the families that are into like pageants, like they they they'll spend money. Like it's yeah. a it's a lifestyle, so it makes sense that there would be money in in those in those items. All right, our next one comes from uh, Mossbrucker forty five. So he's on Discord. Uh, so I picked up some mushroom art uh, and listed on eBay. Uh, sold. Do we have the the price? What what it picked up? I'm for? looking up. See, this is where you're talking about being prepared. I thought I took care of this and I failed. Look, it's okay. We're 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 uh, we're just gonna go with this because we're real raw. So I did. <laughs> so we picked up some mushroom art for a a undisclosed amount, which we will disclose shortly. I we're think just, it was we, a few. We, bucks. Just, we just want to leave you in suspense. We want to like build up the suspense here. Uh, so listed on eBay and sold within 30 minutes. It was a vintage meadow, cool embroidery, mushroom framed 70s art piece. And it sold for $100 plus shipping. And it looked really cool too. I mean, some, uh, I think mushroom stuff is pretty neat. What was the price? They, they didn't get back to me. Ah, we don't have the, we just know. What a fail. It's okay. It, it, it I'm, I'm but, sure. But here's, here's the thing. I'm sure $100 for, for, for a piece of, uh. Art, you know? No, but it, but understand what it is. It's cruel embroidery. Cruel, C-R-E-W-E-L. So that's like those stitching. Oh, like a cross stitch pretty much? Correct. Yeah. In a frame. So this is like, this isn't like, you know, this is like someone's grandma made this. Correct. That's why I thought it was a cool hustle week to share. So I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure they paid about like two to three bucks for this. If that. Okay, but yeah, the, man, yeah awesome. and granted, if it's all in 30 minutes, probably was maybe, maybe I need to get into like cross stitch and just sell my own art. Like, look at what I made. Well, the reason I bring this up too is years ago, this stuff used to sell and then it just kind of stopped and maybe it's coming back. But yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people are into mushrooms these days. <laughs> so That is true. That is true. I think, uh, I think Joe Rogan has made the mushroom uh, popular again. <laughs> popular again. Just Joe Rogan, but well, Joe Rogan and and the like and the crew and, and the elk. Yeah, you know it, it's interesting. So yeah, I mean it, it just basically was a cross stitch of just mushrooms. It has sold for hundred dollars plus ship. So maybe that's a bolo. Look out for. Actually, I did sell a Santa Cruz mushroom shirt a few weeks ago for mm. it was in the first like thirty bucks. But Santa Cruz mushrooms, we kind of know why. Makes sense. So, anyways, no, I'm, I don't know why. Why? why? What's your hustle of the week, Mike? All right. So my hustle of the week is, uh, man, I feel like we're super nefarious in this episode. Uh, Why? So my, my we're evil. Well, well, okay. Maybe not nefarious. We're, we're, uh, anyways, cigar humidor. So I was at a, I was at a garage sale. We're listening to all the vices. Yeah. This is, we're just vicing it up today. Um, 
Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about uh, uh, glassware, you know, like scotch glasses. So anyways, <laughs> the I was at a garage sale and I bought a ton from this garage sale. So I don't even know what the average cost per item was because I bought so many like knickknacks and I, I think I bought like three different cigar humidors and we're talking just like smaller travel ones. And these were the type that uh, are for like specific brands of cigars. Okay. If you were to buy, if you were to go onto like a cigar website or cigar magazine and you were to buy like a box of cigars a lot of times uh, or a, a bigger, maybe two or three boxes, a big set. Sometimes they come with like gifts. So maybe like a cigar lighter or a cigar cutter or a cigar box. So that's what this, this was. It was basically a small travel cigar humidor. And I w- I'm going to say my average price per item was probably $3. Sold it for 40 bucks or just about $40. And it was super simple to ship um, because it's just a small travel one. It's not like a huge thing. And I've sold another one from the same garage sale, which, which was even smaller. It only held like maybe two or three cigars in it. And I sold that one because it was like completely leather. It was really cool looking uh, for about the same, about $30, $40. And for a couple dollars per it's just, it's a no brainer. I always skip those all the time. Now, if you're talking about just like a cigar box, you got to be careful with that because I don't, those sell. But if it's a humidor, that's a different story, especially the little travel ones. Um, if it's like anything, if you're into cigars, you're going to, uh, there are certain brands that people really like. Like I really like the Romeo and Juliet, or I really like the uh, Olivia or whatever it is, like the Macundas. I really like a certain brand. And so if there's, the swag that goes with it, you know, people are buying that for their, <laughs> their, their, their dad or their uncle or for themselves for, you know, father's day or just to have. So, um, don't pass on them, at least look them up. Cause you'd be surprised at how much some of those will go for. Interesting. Okay. So my house of the week, it's kind of interesting. So a year and a half ago, no, it's been a year. Yeah. A year ago. No, maybe more than a year. I can't remember. It was a while back. There was another reseller who was moving to Utah. So Fernando, you know who you are. And I bought a bunch of stuff and a lot of the stuff I bought, you know, I, and it was great. I mean, I, I dropped over a thousand dollars, but you know, I made that money pretty, you know, back pretty, pretty fast. Uh, and he was fine with it because he's just trying to offload stuff. Like kind of like you've been talking about, you know, whenever you are ready to go to Texas, if you do go to Texas, wherever you go to, like, you don't want to bring all this merchandise with you. And so I bought a whole bunch of uh, retail arbitrage toys that he bought to sell on Amazon. And, you know, they didn't they didn't sell for a reason or he didn't list them. I don't know what happened. They still had like uh, the TJ Maxx uh, tag on there and they were about 40 bucks. And what what they were were, I think I had like five Batman Imagine X uh, toys. And they're like these tall, like they're like three feet tall and they have like the missiles on the shoulders. You've probably seen them because you got small kids. Mm. And here's the thing with, with uh, retail arbitrage toys. If they were hot at one point in time, they will most likely sell again. So, for example, like the five surprise, you know what those are? The little ball. You probably yeah. don't, yeah. right? Like those I'm selling, like I, I have a lot of those and I've sold a lot of those. But those, like the ones I'm selling, they were hot like three, four years ago. And now I'm selling them for more money. Right. And so these I bought and I thought they would sell quick, but they just didn't. They just sat and they were, they sat in my garage for, you know, about a year and a half and now they're selling. And so I am selling them <laughs> somewhere. I paid, I paid, I don't even think I paid 40 bucks. He paid 40 bucks for them on clearance. I probably bought them from him for like five bucks a piece. And uh, I've been selling them for uh, 200 and. 
$227 plus ship. Nice. And the shipping's like 50 bucks. So keep an eye. Just remember, if things were high at one point in time, unless here's the thing, this is the only thing that will cause you trouble. If there's a restock and there's an overabundance, right? Like our good or good old friends, uh, fingerlings. And the fingerlings, like these, these are. I think these are doomed forever. Like, I don't know. Like they might, they might come back as like the thing, though. I don't know. No, they're probably like babies. like like twenty years from now. <laughs> yeah, like. We're we're like on episode, you know, one thousand eighty nine. We're like we're like check out this bolo fingerling. We are gonna retire because we have an original fingerling up here. We're gonna we're gonna auction this off oh. right now and whatnot. I have about a hundred of these still. If that imagine? were the case, we you're rich. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna retire big. I think these are the beanie babies. I, I think we even sold. <laughs> we, we, we even earned and sell. Who somebody win something? We we gave one to oh, one yes, of our listeners. Yes. I think like won a, a contest or something. We like signed. They the won back. a fingerling. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. If you know who think, you are, let they, let us know in the comments. I think they asked for it. I think they wanted the fingerling. They did. They did. Yeah. They wanted a signed fingerling. So you got it. Good. So if we ever become famous, there you go. Yeah, that signed fingerling will the be the first done. signed by Pure Supply. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so keep an eye out. Uh, you know, imagine next, like the older like. The older ones that whether they're Batman or Superman or DC Comics or Marvel, uh, if they're new and sealed, you can get some good money for the older ones because they're discontinued. Didn't didn't Imagine X also have uh, like dinosaur ones for um correct Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park. and all that? And yep. with yeah Jurassic World coming out, I'm sure that that probably boosted some of those as mm -hmm. well. So yeah, so I'm happy. You know, five dollars and two two hundred something. I'm okay with that. So all right, hey, another thing that I'm also happy about that keeps me, uh, you know. Uh, what word I hygiened? That's well not a groomed. word. Well groomed. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, is the skull shaver? Yeah. And uh, I get it. It's been nice. You know, uh, this last week my water heater wasn't working for like six days. Uh, I did take a shower though, all cold, but um, I was still able to shave my head, mm. and and it was just as smooth because the the skull shaver works. In you know whether you're using it in the shower or you're using it just in your car on the way to work, yeah, wet or dry, that thing will get you a close cut, and it's solid. It's good. I use it every day, and uh, I like my skull shaver. So check, check out skullshaver.com. Use our promo code Hustle with the capital H and hustle. get that discount. Hustle capital H Hustle. Uh, you, you won't regret it. All right, let's talk about now. What is the last thing you need to do to prepare for Q4? And this is probably one of the most important ones and probably one of the most simple to understand, but maybe most difficult to do. The first one is just listing. Yeah, that's that's that thing. Do we have anybody? Let us know if you are a listener of Pure Hustle Podcast. You're, you're watching on the YouTube. You want to put a little comment. Do you love listing? I, wanna, I wonder if there's like a person who's like, I love listing i could list all day long like that would be like a gift fears like if, do you have any superpowers like what's your what's your like greatest talent i love listing it's a gift yeah the thing is is the reason i don't like listing is because i'm not making any money while i'm listing like if i'm shipping i made money yeah but you technically you're not making money while you're sourcing either yeah but it's just fun finding stuff yeah i agree i mean listen if i could source all day and maybe one day the business will get to a place where I never source and I never ship. I just, I mean, sorry, I never, I never list and I never ship and all I do is source and that would be, 
That'd be amazing. We need it. We need to set up partnerships where it's like one person loves sourcing, one person loves uh, uh, shipping and, and listing, and then that's kind of like me and my wife. My wife, my wife doesn't really like sourcing that much, and uh, she doesn't mind shipping, or listing. Uh, she's chill list, um, and then I take pictures. So we we have a pretty decent partnership. But it'd be great if it was like, you know, person just absolutely like I get my fulfillment in life from listing. But all that to say. You probably don't. You probably don't love listing like it's your greatest hobby. However, it's important. And a lot of times we've talked in the past about, you know, you got to eat the frog. And when it's something you don't want to do, you will distract yourself. You will find every possible thing you could do besides listing. If you're like, I need to list. Oh, look, the dishes need to be done. And oh, when was the last time I I cleaned my toilet bowl? You'll start to do everything else you could possibly do besides the thing you need to do. But you got to do it. Just get the listing done. And, And sometimes it's best just to do it first. Just say, okay, I'm going to get my listings done now. And what that does is that leads into our next thing, which is you want to go into Q4 as much as possible, uh, being inventory light and capital heavy. And what we mean by that is you don't want to have a bunch of dead inventory sitting around your house, stuff that's not going to sell in Q4, um, things that are, you know, hey, I'm just holding on to all this stuff, but I don't have money. Because that that could be the downfall is you can go out sourcing and sourcing and sourcing and end up with death piles or even stuff listed, but that is taken all of your capital that maybe over the next few years, the stuff will pay out and you'll make some money. But then Q4 hits and all of a sudden the deals are opening up and you're like, hey, I had $5,000 I can buy in bulk on this item. No, if I had another $5,000, I can buy bulk of this item. And if I had another 5,000 mm-hmm. and if you are sitting with a bunch of basically dead stale inventory, you're going to be in, in, in a world of trouble as opposed to if you can find a way to like start fire selling stuff, get those listings going, get things moving, whatever you need to do so that you're going into Q4 with money available. Because what that does is it gives you an opportunity. It gives you the opportunity to strike. It gives you the ability to strike when opportunity comes because we don't believe in luck. We believe in hard work and persistence. And when, if you're out there grinding enough, if you're out there scanning enough things at your local Target and Ross and Marshalls, you're going to come across stuff. If you're out there networking, like we've had episodes in the past about networking, if you're out there networking consistently, someone's going to call you up and say, hey, I got this deal. I know this guy, he's got a pallet of X, Y, and Z, and it's only $10,000. And if you're like, oh, that's great. I only have $300 in the account. And as opposed to I've got the money ready to go now because I've been getting rid of that stale inventory. So try and sell, move the stuff you have now, use coupons, use sales, use things. So that way you're not holding on to a bunch of random mugs and books and things that hopefully sell in the next few years, as opposed to having the money to buy when those opportunities come. Agreed. And and going back to the listing, you want to make sure you list all your death piles because I'm a big believer that everything sells in Q4. Right. And so you know, you may, you may just let it sit and you don't list it and you go through the Q4 and it may not sell again for another year. Right. But if you grab everything and you list everything and then here's the thing, you come to an understanding that, yeah, maybe somebody's offering me a little less, but I'll take it. It's Q4. Right. It, it was better to have that money now than just let it sit around. And then it might even lose value. It might become even more worthless the longer it takes. So make sure you're listening. You don't want to get caught up in this whole I have death piles and it's Q4. You want to get rid of those death piles now. And uh, going back to the cash. So let's go back to the cash heavy. 
you never know when the opportunity is going to arise during Q4 for you to pick up something that you could sell for a premium uh, during, you know, the late, late November, early December. Because, you know, there is a second wave of garage sales, at least in California. I'd obviously in the Midwest, that kind of probably ends <laughs> by October. Uh, but there are plenty of opportunities that do arise. And you may say to yourself, I'll never do retail arbitrage. I'll never sell anything. But there are those moments, and Mike can attest to this, I can attest to this, where you walk into the store and you see an item. And then you look at comps and you're like, huh. It's really profitable, but then you're not cash heavy and then you can't, you buy maybe two and they sell within, you know, by the time you get home, they sold. And then you're like, Oh, I probably should have bought them all out, but I couldn't buy it all out because I just wasn't cash heavy. You want to make sure you have that in order. The second one, and this is kind of controversial and this depends where you are, you know, uh, again, I'm a big believer. If, if you have, been able to be disciplined with credit cards, you want to make sure your credit cards are ready to go. You want to make sure your credit score is, is at a certain level. You want to make sure that your balances are really low. So if you need to drop a good amount of money, let's say you find a hot bolo, okay, and you can sell that pretty quick. And you know, you might be able to spend ten thousand dollars in in a day, but then you could turn that ten thousand to thirty thousand over a week. You want to make sure they have the ability to do that. Yeah, I, we're really big against personal debt. I think personal debt is a really, really bad idea. And you know, we've a lot of people have basically been tricked into getting personal debt that is going to keep them from being prosperous for years and years to come. Especially if they're not dedicated enough to get out of it. However, business debt is different, and as much as you can, you want to be able to actually establish a real business, especially if you're doing this legitimately, if you're just doing this kind of part-time, you know, having a business credit, having, maybe you're not like a full, you haven't set up a, a corporation or a sole proprietor. You're just kind of doing it, you know, on your own. Eh, you run into like you're mixing personal and, and business. But if you're doing this legitimately full-time, you should have business credit uh, because if you're not leveraging credit and your competition is, and this goes for all different types of businesses, you know, you can be, you could be a plumber, a locksmith. It doesn't really matter if you've got a business and you're like, I'm not going to use any debt and your competition is leveraging debt to get the newest equipment and the best stuff and to drive their prices down. You are at such a disadvantage. We talked about the Grant Cardone, giving yourself an unfair advantage. And if you are avoiding using debt, leveraging debt, especially with you know, I mean, interest, interest rates are rising, but as long as your interest rates are lower than the inflation rates, like it's free money. And if your competition is doing it and you're not, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. So you do need to know how to do it. I think if you are, if you don't understand how debt works, stay away from credit cards like a plague. But if you've been reselling for a while and you kind of are starting to understand how economics and money works, businesses use debt for a reason. They, they're, they're constantly leveraging debt. So if you're, if you're, unable to sit down and explain why it's a good idea for your business to leverage debt, then stay away from credit cards and maybe do a little bit of research. But if you understand how that works, even just the, the, you know, we have some people on our discord talking, and this is the same thing we've done. And if you can have cash rewards on stuff, Hey, set up your cash rewards on your PayPal. So when you're buying your, your shipping supplies, when you're buying uh, your shipping labels, when you're buying anything for your business, you're getting points back for it. And if you're paying that stuff off, even if you're not using debt, but you're just using the rewards, now, would I recommend a points reward system for somebody who's already huge in debt and they don't understand how to pay off that debt? 
No, it's better to not get an extra $10 in rewards this week if you're going to be another $200 in interest because mm-hmm. you don't understand how it's working. But if you under, if you can understand how to make it work, man, there's so many tools available that that we should be taking advantage of as a business. Yeah, so be ready. Again, it goes back to you got to go with your comfort level, but definitely you want to right now, right now that it's August, you want to sell as much as you can to stack up that capital to be able to make larger purchases in Q4 because you'll just you you'll be amazed at how much you can make in Q4. I, for example, I can make more in those three months than I make all year. There's some people that literally they just live off the money they make during Q4. Uh, which I don't advise. I think you should still continue on, but some people make it happen. So definitely make it possible. So, Hey, take this Q4, take it as a time to learn, take it as a time to organize, uh, take it as a time to make sure that you have your listings up, you have your capital ready and you're able to make this a successful Q4, but make sure to stay tuned to our next Q4 because we, we have a different perspective, a different take on uh, this possible Q4, at least I do for now. We'll see where Mike and I land on things. That's right. So check us out. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Lates. Peace.